Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. AM Elgin, K270CO Round Rock, Texas Sports, The Horn. The Horn. This hour of the Sports Complex is brought to you by Viking Fence. Guests on the horn appear courtesy of the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Vaqueros now delivers and offers curbside pickup. For info on placing your lunch or dinner order, visit vaqueroscafe.com. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on the horn. Welcome back to the Sports Complex on a Wednesday afternoon. On the show today, we'll get more into Texas and Iowa State. Texas starting off a seven and a half point favorite in that game against Iowa State coming up on Saturday in their quest for a Big 12 championship. Of course, Patrick's Big Fat Poll today. You know we're going to give you that one too. Some sound from Welcome Up. A huge commitment for Texas men's basketball also happened today. We'll talk more about that. I'll bring it up at the beginning. We'll talk more about it in the 6 o'clock. We get into Texas basketball. Texas men's basketball also plays tonight in a game that went to overtime last year. We'll talk about that and why it happened and why it shouldn't happen today. We'll get into that. Maybe a little schedule game with the Texans and Cowboys and another team because Deshaun Watson uh, Deshaun Watson had some news and the Browns had some news today. We'll talk about that. Uh, we'll maybe mention a little bit about the Spurs, give you a little bit about the Spurs right now because I know there are some Spurs fans and Wimby fans out there uh, that are not thrilled with how the Spurs are playing right now. So we'll talk a little bit about that. James Harden and the Clippers, we can mention that too. And, uh, you know, put a chokehold on the NBA action just like Draymond Green and why is no one surprised? Even the guy he choked wasn't surprised. We'll get into that as well. And, of course, your text, 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776 is the text line. It is open. We try to get to all of your texts every single day. If you've got any questions or comments or what you want to get into and hot takes, if you've got any hot takes uh, with what Texas needs, you get Anything you want to talk about, hit us up on the text line, 512-447-3776. Uh, let's start getting into some Texas versus Iowa State, though. Seven and a half point favorites against Iowa State this weekend, which is nice. It's not a too big of a spread. It's a beat. It's a, it's a it's a confident enough spread. You get a touchdown in a little bit and the hook on that one, a confident enough spread for you on that one. 
Texas uh, Stark spoke to the media on Monday about Iowa State. Uh, This is his opening, give you a little preface into Iowa State before we get too far into the conversation. Uh, like we've been saying all along, as far as this week's ball game, this is another Big 12 championship game for us. Um, we've been, you know, we, we put ourselves in this position over a month ago, and we've we've uh, accepted the challenge, and I think our guys have responded to that. Um, we understand we're gonna we're gonna go into another hostile environment, you know, Saturday night. Um, and it's going to take it's going to take all seventy players that we bring in, coaches, you know, to play as one, uh, and to uh, to go play a good football team who has gotten better as the year has gone on. Uh, obviously, a very well coached team. Um, you know, these guys do a great job of taking care of the ball on offense, creating turnovers on defense. I think they have fifteen interceptions on the year, so the ball uh, is going to play a big factor in this game. We, we, it's got we've got to find a way to get it off of them. We got to take care of it on our end, uh, and then we need to be efficient offensively um, with the number of possessions that could come out of this game. So uh, a lot of work to do uh, on a Monday, but uh, again, a lot of respect for Iowa State, and um, we know it's going to take, uh, take a great effort from us to, to try to come get a win. And so there's a couple of pieces you can pull out of this and a couple of uh, storylines that we can kind of look at going into this, uh, this game on a Wednesday, we can kind of look at some broad storylines. First and foremost, he mentions in their turnovers. And so you played a team last week that you were able to turn them over. Uh, really, you get the one big interception from Hooper. That's about all you get out of them. A game where you were hoping to have more interceptions. You are about to go into an Iowa State game where they pride themselves on being able to take the ball away. And that is where the problem is going to lie with Texas going into this week going into Iowa State, is going to be the issue of can Quinn Ewers play the game at a high level and get the ball downfield, create offense without turning the ball over against you know the dreaded three down, three high, and that, that, that defense that Iowa State was one of the pioneers with, and they have is spread around. Uh, but that is, can Texas hold on to the football? And not only Quinn Ewers hold on to the football – now, they're more an interception team than a fumble team, but you also got a lot of young running backs now. You are now without Jonathan Brooks on this team. So you are going to have to figure out two things to do on this Texas team to get to get the passing game going without turnovers and get the running game going and without turnovers. On the flip side of the ball, this is an Iowa State defense that's – or an Iowa State offense that's not great. Iowa State's offense is okay at what they do. They can throw the football. They can run the football. Hopefully, you know, there may be some trash-talking offensive linemen, and I'm sure they will talk about that, and we'll play some stuff from Hook em Up uh, with Ian Robbie where they talk more about that. I don't want to get too far into that. I can play the audio later if you guys really want. Uh, the offensive lineman for Iowa who basically came out and said this game means a lot. There's a couple pieces in that you could take away as well of where he said, you know, since I've been here, it's Iowa and Texas. And you're like, man, when – when people think we're cocky, when people think Texas is cocky because we say every, we're everybody's biggest game, and then he's saying at Iowa State that's their biggest that's their biggest conference game. Iowa's not a conference game. Their biggest conference game every year is Texas. When they played Texas, that was their biggest game of the year. So that should tell. That's why Texas talks like that because that's what they said. So he says that, and then 
He also gives a part, which is always funny to me when players when players do this. Which is he's right; they do have the five star recruits. He is right that that is a uh, you know if you're a, a younger recruit or an under under recruited player that you feel you should have gone higher or you feel that you can compete with those guys. I get that, but when you're like they have the attitude that their s doesn't stink. Well, the problem is. You can say that about certain fans you're seeing. You can say that again about the people you see when you go to Texas and you may see some people, you know, at a fan base or something like that. Then maybe you can say that. Maybe you can go into it that you think that this team thinks that their S doesn't stink, but the fan base. I don't know if these players, when you see what they do, you know, time in and time out, is really that true. I don't think that they're overly you know, overly in your face, we're the best team because they haven't been in a long time. So I don't know if these players are doing it, but that's that's just a fun battle we're going to see of him going up against Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy. And, and you know what? It's just adding he's going to get the spotlight for a little bit and we'll see how it works out for him. For Texas, you are going to have to win that battle on the defensive line. You're going to have to slow down their running game, make them a passing team. The more you make a team a passing team, the more turnovers you're going to put them into. It's easier the more passes someone throws, the more likely to throw an interception. That's just the way it is. It's an old Daryl Royal. There's three, th- there's three things that can happen when you throw the football, and two of them are bad. So for Texas, they on the offense, on the defensive end, are going to need to have a defensive line performance where they are able to not only hold that running line that they've been doing so well week after week and holding the running game where this is an Iowa State team that can run the ball a little bit. Hopefully you were able to slow them down on that aspect. But you're also able to create pressure and create pressure and create pressure. And for this Texas team and this Texas coaching staff, you'd like to see them continue to bring pressure. They're going to run over the middle passing. We know they are. They've always done it. It's always worked against Texas. You know what you're walking into, and defensively, you want to see in this game, Texas learn how to take care of over-the-middle passes. You know they're going to try and rub you off and screen you. You know they're going to try and screen you and rub you and all that on the on the screen passes. You know what's happening and across the middle. You know they're running across the middle and trying to do that. So you have to be able to play through that, you have to be able to have defenses set up to handle that, and playing back for an entire game is not going to do you any favors. So this Texas team, one of the major storylines is Texas going to be able to contain Iowa State into making them not get the easy throws. Can they not get completable pass over completable pass over completable pass that are just eight, nine-yard routes that are right there on first and second down, and they just keep moving the ball and keep moving the ball? Because you figure... On the flip side of it, Texas is going to have some issues, and there's probably going to be at least one turnover in this game for Texas. So if you can get them into unfavorable passing situations by pressuring a quarterback, by by bringing the ball up the middle, by 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 making taking away getting the ball up the middle for them on passing downs, make them throw harder passes to the sideline, make them throw passes that are further away, you might be able to get an interception back, and you might be able to swing this in the battle. Here's Sark talking about uh, Iowa State's defense and kind of the battle that they have dealt with in the past years that Texas is going to have to be able to start to figure out going forward, and then we'll talk a little bit more about what Texas' biggest issue is going to be in the next few weeks of figuring out before you get to whatever bowl game, Big 12 championship, whatever you're getting into. Here's Sark talking about the Iowa State defense. Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, 
there's been a trend here probably over the last seven, eight years uh, when Iowa State was really the um, pioneers of the 3-3 three, three stack defense. And you know, when they went to it, it was kind of an anomaly of what is this. And naturally, teams in the Big 12 gravitated towards that style of defense. And now in our conference, this is going to be our third straight week of facing that same structure of defense. Kansas State plays it, TCU plays it, and now Iowa State plays it. So it's become a little bit more of the norm. Um, I think at the end, they all have their own twist to it, right, and their style of which they do it. Uh, I think, I think what, what Iowa State does is they probably play it at its most purest form. Um, they really stick to it. They believe in it. Now they do a nice job of disguising and tying together the, the, the intricacies within the scheme, the disguising of coverages, the pressures based on formations and personnels, but they know it so well, and all of those players have grown up in it. Um, they've, had to, they've had to go through some of the growing pains when you put something new in. They did that years ago. Uh, so you have to be very detailed. Um, you, you have to be very deliberate in what you're trying to do. Um, our players need to understand it, and then they need to understand that this isn't just what they do. They have a variety of things that come off of what they do. And so, um, like I said, they do a great job. I think they do a great job of playing complementary football. You know, they, uh, they believe in running the ball. They believe in a, in a, in a ball-control style offense. And so because they make you earn it offensively and then they possess the ball on offense, they don't turn it over. They start to limit your possessions. And so you have to be really efficient offensively and, and every possession you have to, there's, there's real value in those possessions. It's different than when you're playing a TCU who still runs that defense, but their offense is going as fast as they can go. So you end up with 75 plays like we had the other night. Then you can live through some of that. These guys, we, we may get 50, 55 plays Saturday night, and so we need to make sure that, that we make the most of those opportunities and make them count. So you are. You need to make the most of your opportunities because for this Texas team, you are going to get limited opportunities. There is going to be times that they're going to be able to stop you and then hold on to the ball for a little bit. Now you want to be able to slow down that run game, but you feel like this passing game for Iowa State is going to be able to draw – is going to be able to push down the field and get that. That bimba-don't-break mentality that Texas has had all season that none of us are big fans of, but that bimba-don't-break mentality will be alive for Iowa State, and Iowa State has all season. Rocco Beck, back there at quarterback, and, and Matt Campbell, and that offense at, at Iowa State has basically been okay with taking the take what you can, don't make a big mistake, don't make a big mistake, don't make a big mistake. And Sark has that similar kind of philosophy. He just likes the big play, too. And so if you're going to like that big play, you might make some mistakes. For, for Iowa State, they don't really necessarily have the big play threats as much. So they're going to try and get the ball with Rocco Beck. Eli Sanders is going to try and run the ball up the middle on you some. You're going to try and they're going to try and spread the, make this game as long as it can be to make Texas get as few opportunities as possible. Those opportunities are going to be very important. Now when you talk about Texas trying to spread out this game and the problems they've had in the second half is that in the second half this season that these teams have come back because they've not been able to they've not been able to consistently move the ball downfield and for the most part it hasn't completely hurt them in the win column for the most part 
But now, with the Jonathan Brooks out and a guy who is consistently breaking tackles, consistently making big plays for you, you have to wonder, is this Texas running back room going to be ready to play against Iowa State? That, to me, is probably your biggest storyline for Texas because we know what the coaches are kind of going to do. We know that Sark probably over in the weekend during this week probably hasn't gone back to his drawing board and said, you know what, guys, I'm not going to be conservative anymore. Let's go out there and win. He's not saying, well, Quinn said he might come back, so i got to get him off campus so i got room for Arch Manning, so let's throw the ball downfield and just see what we can do. I don't think any of that's happening. But I think you are going to figure out the running back room is ready. Here's Sark saying that he believes – the running back room is ready, whether whether anybody else does or not. But is the running back room ready? Are the guys behind them ready to go after Jonathan Brooks' injury? No, I, I think that's fair. You know, I think that we have, you know, a, a, a little sample size on those guys from in-game. We've got a much bigger sample size from them from a practice perspective. You know, I think one thing where we're fortunate, you know, timing is, in, is, is pretty incredible in that CJ's – really 100% healthy again and you know I'd feel really uncomfortable if this would have happened a month ago um, because Cedric was was really struggling with his foot uh, for, for him to be healthy I'm very confident in that I think we've naturally seen over the last couple of weeks you know we've been you know kind of injecting Jaden Blue a little bit more into the offense so I think his comfort level of playing and he's had some carries he had the long touchdown run versus BYU um, where I think his comfort level will be there and obviously he's playing a ton on special teams I think obviously with Savion Red you know we've we've incorporated him into our short yardage offense in the Wildcat stuff so he's carried the ball at some critical moments of some games and we've asked a lot of him so I don't think the moment will be too big for him and naturally the experience of Keelan of just the player that that he's been over time and so um, you know we feel comfortable that we have those four guys that core of guys Um, you know it's obviously it's Monday and we're still working through the game plan of exactly how it all roll out but we're comfortable with those guys going in the game and playing and so for Texas fans are you comfortable with this running back room now without Jonathan Brooks and this is the running back room that we talked about a bunch at the beginning of the season a bunch about the beginning of the season of is this running back room ready to go? Is this running back room ready to play in a big game? And, and, and in reality, when the weather starts to get colder, when you're on the road, and when you're going to have guys going after you, the question now for C.J. Baxter is can he stay on the field and take the hit and continue to play at a high level? Can he be a runner in his freshman season? I know it's his freshman season. I think he's going to improve. I think he will get better. Can C.J. Baxter continue to improve at running back to be at the level where he's going to be able to play in this game, get the, the lion's share of carries? Jaden Blue's going to get some. You know Keelan Robinson will get some back there too. But can you C.J. Baxter continue to play at that high level? Here's Sark talking about C.J. Baxter's growth to try and get us some hope that C.J. Baxter will be able to get the deal done uh, this weekend against Iowa State. Weeks. Yeah, no, I, I think one thing that C.J. is – that that you learn about uh, a young man in recruiting and then as you get him on your campus and you get to know him he's a really mature young man um he 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 sees the world in in today's society with young people who are the five-star recruits coming out 
that it's all about me, 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 and how can I get this and how can I get that. He was never that way. He was about opportunity. He was about style of offense and scheme, um, and I think that's where we fit. He was about development and coaching, and since he's gotten here, his work ethic has been tremendous. You know, he's if he's not unparalleled, I mean, he's right there at the top you know, two or three percent on our team from a work ethic standpoint and really wanting to learn and wanting to get better. Um, naturally, pass protection is always probably the, the biggest thing for a young man making the transition from high school to college and then from college to the NFL, the, 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 you, picking up pressures and blitzes and things of that nature. And that's what probably excited me the most on that last play on third and 12 when we throw the ball to A.D. Mitchell. Cedric Baxter is picking up a safety blitz off the weak side and and not not on accident. I mean, he went and met the safety and, and kept a really clean pocket. And so we're seeing the growth in him of the overall player. Um, you know, naturally, there's going to be more opportunities for him. For for Keelan, you know, it's it's the change of pace, right? I mean, he plays the game so fast. Uh, that's why he's so effective on special teams. And you think about him as a gunner. You, you know, you, you think about him um, at corner on punt and, and, and taking away gunners. You think about him as a kick returner. Um, there's a lot that he brings to the game. And, 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 and quite frankly that's what he brings to us offensively is that change of pace change of speed where he can you know he can create explosive plays that way so could cj baxter be the guy on saturday to get the job done for texas and it leads us to patrick's big fat poll today patrick's big fat poll of the day on the horn 512-447-3776 is the text line and this is it this is just a kind of an if yes or no question or maybe a, a this or that question. Are you more confident in the passing game for Texas with the Quinn Ewers who looks beat up? Who, you know, he's got another week under him now, but it's a little beat up. You got a lot of weapons, but it's a little beat up going against an Iowa State team that has given him problems in the past against an Iowa State team that has a good turnover margin going their way. Or the running game with an unproven C.J. Baxter, with an unproven Jaden Blue, with Keelan Robinson, we know he can do, but he hasn't been the bell cow back. We saw what happened in the the bowl game, which is a different scenario, completely 100% different scenario. Uh, But what are you more confident in going in the Iowa State, in this passing game or the running game? If you're calling the plays, what do you feel when you need a big play are you going to go for? If you've got a third and three, do you feel okay running the football in that third and three, or do you want to put the ball in Quinn Ewer's hands? When do you feel uh, when you have a first down and you're trying to move the ball? How do you feel the best way to move the ball is? Is it this passing game against Iowa State or this running game that's maybe unproven but has a lot of potential or passing game that we can say has a Quinn Ewer's that people really like it? If he's getting healthier – he threw the ball well in the first half last week. Not so well in the second half, but in the first half threw well. You got Xavier Worthy, Adonai Mitchell's out there, JT Sanders. You got Jay Witt still out there. Maybe throw the ball to Jay Witt. I think we're all on board with throwing the ball to Jay Witt. Which one for you? 512-447-3776. 512-447-3776. Hit us up on the text line. We come back. We'll get into some of those texts. Play some sound from Hook Him Up with Ian Robby talking about this Iowa State matchup. We come back here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and hornfm.com, and back on YouTube. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Sports Complex with Patrick Davis on The Horn. Back on the Sports Complex here on the Horn, playing some interesting covers all week long. That's the theme of the week, interesting covers. This is, of course, Red Hot Chili Peppers doing Ohio Players Love Roller Coaster. I believe this was for the Beavis and Butthead movie, which is great. They added they added a different part to the songs. There's not a lot of lyrics to the song. They added a little rap in the middle of it. I, I mean, I like the version, but it is an interesting cover because... Uh, it is, uh, it's kind of got the basis of it, but not a lot to it. Uh, let's get to the text line. 512-447-3776. We're asking you, are you more confident in this passing game or this running game for Texas against against Iowa State? I'm curious to know where you're going to be if you say you want to throw the ball more, you want to run the ball. And I know a lot of you want to keep it kind of in the middle and run and, and, and pass both. But if you were to say, when you need that big play, where do you feel the confidence? That's what I'm asking you on the text line today. 512 447 Seven seven six. We'll start off. Bad phone, Jim. Bad phone, Jim says. Uh, you always say the Texas lacking in the second half hasn't hurt them yet. Wrong. We were up twenty one against Oklahoma and they lost. It has cost Texas a lot uh, being undefeated in a playoff spot. Bad phone, Jim. I do not know if you got bad information. If you are misremembering the Oklahoma game this year, we were not up by twenty one at any point in that game. We were up by four at one point. We were up by three at one point. But Texas was never up twenty one in that game. We just weren't. Uh, so it, it has not. Cost us a W. Being the, the the second half being bad in the second half is not. Texas was actually down going into the half, uh, twenty to seventeen in that game. Uh, it was pretty even. They actually made a comeback to get into the game and were up with three with the minute seventeen left. And then that terrible run, uh, where the the two minute defense for Texas has been awful. I can give you that. The two minute defense. If you want to say a two minute defense for Texas has cost him this year? I cannot argue with that bad phone, Jim. But they were not up against twenty one points against Oklahoma that year. This year, it they just weren't. Mark from Taylor, <laughs> how does Jimbo Fisher still have a, my bad, call me, this is Dabo. Yeah, Jimbo Fisher uh, is making, I saw today, uh, $26,000 a day for the next something amount of years. Making like a bunch of a fast food worker a day for a year, a year of a fast food worker. For uh, Yeah, that is crazy. I, like, I don't know how you start any conversation with hiring a new coach without them just starting with, you're going to give me all the money in the world if I screw up, right? Like, if I'm bad at this, you give me all the money in the world? They'd be like, yeah, sure, of course. No, you get the same crappy deal. <laughs> My man, Nate. Uh, I know. I, look, it's called a rub route, Nate. 
says, how many rubs can we get before the big fat poll? Come on now. Come on now. It's, P- it's P-O-L-L. It's a poll. We're polling the people. Come on. Get your, Nate, get your mind out of the gutter, Nate. Get your mind out of the gutter. I appreciate you listening. Uh, has anyone talked about the hit from TCU number three, uh, three on Texas number 16, Michael Taff? It looked like targeting to me. I've not talked about it. I've not seen that play. Uh, if you want to hit me up on Twitter, if you have a tw- if you have it on Twitter, you can hit me up. Uh, if anybody wants to hit me up on Twitter, it's at it's Patrick Davis. If you have the play in, or if you just text in a time of when it happened, I have no idea. I do not remember this play uh, of when he was coming across. If Michael Taff was in the play, it would seem difficult for it to be targeting. It's hard to get a targeting call when you're on def- when you're on defense. Those are just they're just not really looking for it as much. Uh, we get from I'm guessing Fock. Is it Fock? F O C H or Foch? I'm not cussing. I'm saying this guy's name. Is it Foch? I think we're going to go with Foch. It's going to be a little bit easier for me to say. What about that? Uh, <laughs> what we say, passing game is my monitor. Moni- uh, passing game is what he says. Will be he has more confidence in. Appreciate that. Uh, I believe more in the passing game with the caveat that they put Murphy in if yours is hurting too much to throw a strong 15 yard pass. That is a question. But now Murphy again. You put him in against a team that confuses people and throws in, and you know he's thrown a few interceptions in his last two games, and we'll see if he, you know, I, I there's questions about him as well of confidence level when you're going into a game where not turning the ball over is going to be a big deal for Texas to come out with a W and to cover that seven and a half points and keep your trajectory going uh, for that that Big Twelve championship. Uh, if there's any indication from last week's game, uh, I'd rather him throw the ball than run it. Yeah, and I look, the first half last week's game he looked good. He has another week of healing now, so hopefully he'll be even better. And and you know, depending on the, if they're able to keep him upright, which they did for the most part uh, in that game, I think they're they'll be doing pretty well. Uh, Texas will if they are able to do that. I want to play some sound from Hookem up with Ian Robbie. We're going to keep the text line going. 512-447-3776. Are you more confident in the passing game for Texas or the running game going into Iowa State? They both have their worries. They both have their pluses. Tell me on the text line what you got and the reason. I would love to have the reason, too. We'll read off all those texts. We get back, but we're going to play some sound from Hookem up with Ian Robbie uh, talking about Texas and Iowa State. Rod always gives a great breakdown, so we love to play it here on the show uh, some good sound from Hookman with Ian Robbie right here on the Sports Complex. All right, let's talk about Iowa State. Um, let's talk about the offense versus the Texas defense since we're already talking about that, that matchup <laughs> uh, between, uh, wow, uh, the, the trash-talking Jared, what's his last name? Huffman? Huff- Hufford. Hufford. Jared Hufford. H-U-F-F-O-R-D. Yeah, I mean, I should know the name. It's going to be a household name for all the Longhorn fans out there. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, but we'll get into, obviously, the line play. But something that's interesting, you talked about Iowa State's offense. It's not very prolific. Um, as a matter of fact, based statistically, it's probably pretty mediocre. Uh, they are uh, 77th in points per game, 94th. In total offense, uh, 347, I think, total uh, yards per game. Uh, They're at 25.7 points per game. They're 98th in rushing yards per game uh, at 129, and they're 78th in passing offense totally. So it's not a, you know, it's not a very explosive offense. But um, they do have a couple of things that worry me. They have two receivers who are top 10 in the Big 12 in receiving, receiving yards per game. 
and they're pretty actually they're, they're pretty productive from what I've watched. Um, Jaden Higgins um, is one of their receivers, and Jalen Noel is the other. I believe I'm sure I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, uh, Jaden Higgins has 35 receptions, 610 yards. Um, he's averaging close to you know 61 receiving yards per game. Um, you're talking about 17 yards per reception. Um, he's an explosive cat. Jalen Noel, 52 receptions, 536 yards, over 10 yards per reception, um, and he's averaging 59 receiving yards per game. The reason that that caught my eye because they're both ranked ninth and tenth, I think, in the NFL. Sorry, in the Big 12 in receiving. Um, the reason that caught my eye is because I I went and looked at last season's um, Iowa State game. Texas Iowa State game, which was really close. If not for Xavier Hutchinson dropped a touchdown pass, Texas may lose that game. But some clutch plays on defense, you know, the the, the forced fumble by Anthony Cook late on Hunter Deckers, uh, the interception by Jalen Ford in the red zone uh, that was clutch too. Uh, so I went back and watched the game because I and I went back and looked at my notes and brought and brought up my Iowa State notes from last season because I thought something was peculiar about that matchup and. I'm glad I went back and watched it because Matt Campbell, they got a new offensive coordinator, I believe, but Matt Campbell, you know, he's a really good offensive mind. And that game last season, they exposed Texas in a couple of ways. They exposed Texas. They were the first team really to start to weaponize targets to bunch formations against Texas. It was them. They did it. They really exposed Texas. I went back and looked at the game from last season. You know, I talk about I talk about targets to bunch formation all the time, right? That it's just targets to cluster groups of receivers. In the last four games, Texas allowing over 11 yards per attempt uh, to closely clustered groups of receivers. You're talking about over a 30% explosive play rate. So I went and looked at the game last season, and here are the numbers. All right, and. And it relates to this year because Texas continues to struggle with this concept. And Iowa State, this was their money concept versus Texas. And they and Matt Campbell and his offensive staff did a really good job figuring out, well, Texas has a tough time passing off receivers in coverage. Uh, Texas wants to play aggressive, uh, bump-and-run coverage at times. We can give our receivers free releases. And also that you can expose Texas' lack of inside leverage um, and get easy inside cuts when you have these bunched formations, closely clustered groups of receivers, stacked receivers, tight twins, trips, whatever it may be. So here are the numbers. Targets to bunch formation last season for Iowa State, uh, you're talking about an 80% completion percentage. This is against Texas. This is against Texas. 80% completion percentage on targets to closely clustered groups of receivers. Um, You had, uh, at one point, you look at uh, the – Third downs, because this is when they used it a lot. They really broke it out on third downs, specifically third and longs. So, first of all, they were 6 of 10 on third downs targeting bunch formation. So, he had 60% conversion rate. Anytime they targeted bunch formation on third down versus Texas. Now, Texas right now has one of the top third down defenses in the country. But we'll talk about how they performed in, in pass defense on third and longs at, versus certain concepts. We'll get into that in a second. This is last season, Iowa State versus Texas. So 60% co- co- third down conversion rate. Last season, they were targeting a bunch for formation. Well, I looked at third and longs because they converted six of nine third and longs via the pass versus Texas. They actually were seven of ten. They were 70% on third and long, third and seven plus yards to gain. They were six of nine on third and long via the pass. Five of those were targeting bunch formations. Third and long. Third and seven plus. Where the odds are supposed to flip 
in favor of the defense, and that was not the case. They also used a ton of in-breaking routes. They completed, I BSU night guys, over 90% of their in-breaking routes last season. 90%. We're talking about uh, drags, crossers, over-unders, slants, posts, skinny posts, angle routes, uh, glance routes, you name it, in-breaking routes of any kind. And when I looked at third-down conversions uh, off these in-breaking routes, they were 4-5 on third-downs when they were targeting inside-breaking routes. They were 3-3 three of three on third-and-long targeting inside breaking routes think, oh. look at the, think about these numbers so I, I was like okay you know what let's see if these these issues these numbers still track even though you know obviously the defense has proved they've improved a ton um let's see if these numbers still track in third and third down situations and they do turns out third if you go look at third down uh for texas defense in the last four games versus inside cuts 58% conversion rate for the opposing offense. Uh, you look at third downs in the last – this is actually all season. Third downs targeting bunch all season long. Like I said, we ain't gotten a third and long, just third down. Targeting bunch all season long versus starting quarterbacks. Remember, I removed – I told you guys this multiple times. I removed the backup quarterbacks from my sample size. It just – it was distorting and skewing the sample. Uh, and, and, and then I was able to identify uh, some of these weaknesses because they just couldn't be exposed with backup quarterbacks who were thrown in at the last minute. Uh, Texas conversion rate, uh, Texas allowing uh, on third downs to opposing quarterbacks targeting bunch formation, over 70% conversion rate in the last four games, guys. Uh, so, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm, it's, it, 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 I'm done. Third and long. Let's go third and long versus inside breaking routes in the last four games. Uh, you're talking about steel tracks over 50% conversion rate. Uh, you're close, actually, you're close to 57% conversion rate there on third and longs. And on third and longs, targeting bunch formations versus starting quarterbacks. This is all season long, taking out the, the backups. You're at uh, four, over 44% conversion rate on third and longs, third and seven-plus yards to gain. This was exposed last season with the Iowa State game plan. It was a brilliant game plan by them. Like I said, they were a touchdown, a drop touchdown pass. Xavier Hutchinson, who's an NFL player, uh, that that was only really the biggest difference in Texas winning and losing that game. Clutch plays on defense by Jalen Ford. Clutch plays on defense by Anthony Anthony Cook. But in this game, you will see these concepts. And Texas has struggled this season versus them. They're struggling even more in the last four games versus uh, teams. But these teams are pass first teams. And that's the, that's the saving grace versus Iowa State. They're not a pass-first team, but, as I just pointed out, they got two receivers who are ranked in the top 10 in the Big 12 in, in receiving yards per game, and they will break out these concepts again, that new game plan. New OC, but same head coach. Uh, and that is uh, great stuff right there with Rod behind the burn orange curtain because that's, that's the game plan, right? And the thing with Iowa State is they're not – when they get the ball, they're sure they want to score points, but they want to possess the ball. Ball control. So if they can convert third downs, that yep. gives them three more downs. Mm -hmm. And that's what was frustrating about last year's game. Texas won at 27-24, but you're right. It could have gone either way. Uh, they would just convert these third downs and get another three sets of downs, and it just frustrates a football team because the one thing you know about Matt Campbell, you know, he's not air raid. Uh, he, he leans into his, oh, yeah. his complimentary football. Mm -hmm. 
and that is how you beat Texas, right? You shorten their – you limit the possession their offense gets. Exactly right. You move the football. You kick field goals. You score some touchdowns. Maybe you make a special teams play, and all of a sudden you're, you're in a dogfight. Look, they're, they're nothing special statistically. They've lost they to Kansas hats. at home by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They, they only beat Baylor by 12 points. They beat Cincinnati 30-10. to 10. They beat BYU last week. They don't do anything – Special, but uh, that's not Matt Campbell. They want to lean into this style of play, uh, conversions. And that's what's frustrating for Texas, if you go back to last year's game, is they were getting them into third and long. They were. They, exactly. That's the whole Which point. is what you want to do, right? Yeah. You want to stop them on first <laughs> and second down, get them to third and long, yeah. and then get them off the field. But then they were converting, and it'll be, I'll say this, a win or lose Saturday of Texas and Pete Kwiatkowski and Blake Gideon and Terry Joseph. If they still haven't figured this out, that they're going to run in-breaking routes in these bunch formations, and they don't have a plan for it, and it's successful, that will be a bad indictment of uh, their preparation for this game because it's all laid out there for you, right? Yep. And you've seen it for the last month. Uh, yep. You know, the safeties getting in coverage and c- creating conflict with the linebackers. You know what's coming. Well, <laughs> it's their only chance to win the yeah, game. Of course it is. Uh, and if, yeah. it, if it helps keep them in the game or beat you, then uh, that's shame on you because you have the talent to stop it. It's about execution and game plan. Yep, that's kind of the, the – that's one of the bigger storylines of – is PK and this Texas team going to step up and instead of just being stubborn and we're going to play what we play, realizing what Iowa State wants to do, they, they don't think they're going to show you that much different. I know some other teams have. Matt Campbell doesn't seem like that guy as much to show you something completely different. We're going to take a break. When we come back, hit up the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll get to more of your text. We're asking you, are you more confident in the passing game? Knowing that Iowa State is going to be trying to get those interceptions, knowing that Quinn may not be 100%, you got a lot of weapons, got a lot of weapons, Quinn may not be 100%, and they're going to be trying to get that interception. Or the running game, where you should be able to get some run, the offensive line should be able to open up a few holes for you, but you know without Jonathan Brooks. Now you have C.J. Baxter, you have Jaden Blue, you have Keelan Robinson. Those are some good names. Those are running backs a lot of teams would like, just a little less experience. Tell us on the text line, 512-447-3776. We'll be back in just a minute to start reading those texts. You're on the Horn 1019 AM 1260, the Horn app, and at hornfm.com. The Sports Complex of the Horn. One, two, three, four. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. This is Michael Franti with a little subterranean homesick blues. Kick it off like this. Instead, Johnny's in the basement, mixing up the medicine. I'm on the pavement, thinking about the government. The man in the trench coat, badge got laid off. Says he's got a bad call, wants to get it paid off. Look out, kid, something you did. God knows when, but you're doing it again. You better duck down the alleyway, looking for a new friend. The man in the cool skin, cap is in the big man. Wants $11 bills, but you only got 10 Back on the Sports Complex here on a Wednesday afternoon, playing interesting covers all week. This is what he said, Michael Franti doing Subterranean Homesick Blues, originally by Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan gets covered a lot. He gets covered a lot. I like Michael Franti. He's a nice guy. I met him a couple times in my years in radio. He was always a super, super nice guy. So, uh, you know, like Michael Franti. So I can't say anything mean about it. It's just an interesting cover. It's an interesting cover for you there. Text lines open, 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. We're asking you, who are you more confident in, the offensive passing game of Texas or the offensive running game of Texas going into Iowa State? Going back to the text line, uh, Lucas says, 
More confident in Ewers after another week under his belt. Baxter has two, has two, but come on, our receivers will tear Iowa State up. Dexter says Quinn needs to throw the ball 30-plus times on Saturday. Hopefully his arm can do it. Hopefully his arm can do it. West Texas Andy going the other way. Give it to your bell cow running back, CJ, all the way. And I think Jaden Blue will get a lot of carries just because CJ Baxter is going to be on the road. He has been a guy. Now, Sark says that he's feeling better and finally healed up from that injury early on in the season. And that may have been a reason he was getting banged up and seemed like he was always kind of limping off the field. So he may be ready to be the bell cow. I'm curious to see when he gets the lion's share of the carries, if he's going to be able to up his game as the game goes on. If he is going to be a running back that starts to see gaps better as the game goes on and starts to be able to bump through tackles better as the game goes on, or it goes the opposite direction. Not all backs are bell cow backs that get better as the game goes on. You know, we've seen it with different people. A lot of people are better as that change of pace back, and change of pace back doesn't have to mean what it used to mean, which change of pace back used to mean you were getting, you know, eight, nine carries a game. You can still get up, you know, 15 to 20 carries a game, but you need to even it out with another back, so you got to run the ball a lot more. Uh, This texter says, pass the ball. They are 99th in pass defense, careful pass, shorter passes, first bomb that gets picked and I'm not and I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I uh yeah. I I you know, you're you're gonna, he's going to throw deep balls because if he's ready to throw the ball if Quinn Ewers is at full health, he's going to do those. And if you get if you get single coverage and Quinn reads it right and if they're stepping up to stop the run and if Sark does run the ball a lot, you're going to step up. That's how you got that Adonai Mitchell catch at the end of the game against TCU. Now and that he was still underthrown. I don't know if he had the arm, but if Quinn has the arm, it's going to happen, and hopefully it does not get picked. Uh, but you also want to make sure that you know you don't have those passes up there, and then someone falls over, or you put it into a place where you got to kind of sail it up there, and you don't know what's going to be happening. I agree with you there, uh, but you you want to pass the ball. I agree, you want to pass the ball. I just don't know about that short passing game. How much Sark is going to really evolve into a short and middle range passer uh, in one week? Lorenzo says, love your discussion topic. Thank you, Lorenzo. I honestly believe I would try and trust and rely on the running backs just because Iowa State isn't going to have much on them to prepare for. They have plenty on Quinn, so I feel as long as they aren't losing the ball, I'd rather give it a shot and scheme up some good plays. That is kind of part of this question, too. If you figure Iowa State is going to back off a little bit more and try and get the interceptions, knowing that you have young running backs, it may not fully set out, may set out to try and get more of the passing game covered then maybe you do run the ball a little bit more and and try and make them respect it, and then you can try and throw it over the top of that. But I I think that there is a chance that Iowa State just drops back a little bit more, allows you to try and run the ball, tries to win those matchups organically without trying to bring over extra people to help out in the run game and see if they're able to get pressure on this Texas O-line because some other teams have been able to do it. And this texter does say, yeah, uh, yes, uh, the Beavis and Butthead Do America soundtrack. Yes, that is where I believe that Red Hot Chili Pepper song we played for. Uh, ticket prices are too high if A&M can afford to give Jimbo Fisher that much money for not coaching. It's not just that. I believe the Booster Club gave them $160 million, reportedly, gave them $160 million to pay off Jimbo Fisher and hire another coach. There's just really, really rich people over there that have a lot of money, and they really don't want to lose to Texas and they know they're going to have to play them. And they don't look. They don't want to lose to anybody. They want to win games. I don't want to. I don't want to big brother them. But I, they they want to win games. 
So they're going to spend a lot of money to continue to try and get better. I think the fact that Texas is coming up next season may have pushed their hand a little bit more and you know the AD and everybody over there at A&M may have been pushing a little bit more to go, hey, you, we all know what the, the writing on the wall, right? This isn't turning around. We're getting the best classes and nothing's happening. We're, just, we're still mediocre. I think that – and they're above mediocre. I don't want to – I'm trying not to start a beef with the Aggies before we have to go into this next year. We've already got the beef. We don't need to push it any further. I'm trying not to get that further. Uh, let's get one more text, and we'll take a break. Uh, this is from Rick in Liberty Hill. The guy who never takes a playoff, two words, Jordan Whittington. Trust a guy like that. And a few more words. Whittington is the guy who hauled butt to force the fumble on the same play. The TNCU intercepted on the half. I will tell you who jumped on that, too, was Xavier Worthy, who did haul back. and was uh, He came back in that play as well to try and get in and get the ball. So I get it, like, and, and I'm with you. I think I don't know a Texas fan who doesn't like Jay Witt. Feel everybody loves Jay Witt. I agree with you. I use him at home. I like in my head. I'd be using him at every single game plan. Uh, I'd be trying to use him. I'd be trying to get the ball to JT Sanders, and then I'd be using Adonai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy, you know, to try and get them a little bit more over the top and break them and see when you can break them off. Uh, and uh, instead of using. Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell in so many screen plays and screen passes and kind of just ignoring Jordan Whittington at parts of games. But I know a part of that is, and I've discussed this on the show before, Sark really, really trusts Jordan Whittington to do things that he doesn't trust other guys to do, like blocking downfield, like setting the the rubs, like we talked about, Nate, the rub plays. He trusts, so he trusts Jordan Whittington to do all the non-glorious the no credit given jobs. He trusts him to do all that, which kind of screws him that he has to keep doing that instead of getting the passes, but I'd like to see it too. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. More of your text. 512-447-3776. Huge, huge commitment for Texas basketball today. We will get into that. Texas recruiting class now with uh, three players recruited for Texas. What that could look like going forward. Texas does play tonight in a, a game against a team that took them to overtime last year. We'll revisit that and uh, remember why that happened. And we'll talk a little bit about Texas uh, playing basketball tonight at 8 o'clock. And Deshaun Watson's out. Uh, we may talk about the you know little schedule game for the Cowboys, Texans, and maybe the Browns too since the Texans have their pick. And we'll talk some NBA if we have some time as well. And whatever you guys want on the text line, you guys drive the show. I just try to keep it on the rails. 512-447-3776. You got a topic you want to talk about, you hit us up, and I will try and talk about it. That's what we try and do. Right here on the, Horn, uh, the Sports Complex in the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com.